We've got some crime news to share with you. 54-year-old Chapel Hill resident Darren Downey is in custody today facing second-degree murder charges. And it happens after an altercation yesterday afternoon on Ferguson Road just off Jones Ferry Road turned deadly when Downey shot 59-year-old Lee Andre Foster. Downey, shortly after that, called 911, and he had his first court appearance earlier today. We'll keep you updated on this developing story. Also got some news this afternoon from Hillsborough. There was a water main break uh, apparently on Orange Grove Road near Oakdale Drive in Hillsborough. And water service has been turned off temporarily to folks in that area. Once it is restored, there will be a system pressure advisory for at least 24 hours for those folks. When North Carolina passed its Care for Women, Children, and Families Act earlier this year, it made abortion access more restrictive and intensive than before. Since July, those seeking an abortion are only allowed to get one after 12 weeks in extreme scenarios and must go through a three-day waiting period from their first meeting with doctors to the actual procedure. While the new law is affecting those who are seeking abortions, it's also affected OBGYNs who specialize in examining and treating high-risk pregnancies. Emma Cook with UNC's Media Hub course reported this story on some of those professionals and what that could ultimately mean for maternity care in North Carolina going forward. Third-year medical student Crystal Black has found a home at UNC's School of Medicine, but after the passage of Senate Bill 20 in May, she doesn't plan to stay in North Carolina. The 72-hour in-person waiting period is one of the biggest barriers to abortion care that the state has seen. It means that patients have to go to a clinic twice, take increased time off of work, and find more child care if they already have two or three kids at home. A lot of people that are in Congress making these decisions are not people with medical backgrounds. There are people who like could not, you know, terminate a pregnancy, whether that be for a, a number of reasons. And Black says that makes all the difference in whether OBGYNs can provide life-saving care. I, I can't do my job. Like, I can't do the extent of my job because of some of the laws that are in place. According to Amy Bryant, an associate professor of obstetrics and gynecology in UMC School of Medicine, even OBGYNs who don't perform abortions end up leaving areas with increased restrictions. Idaho became one of the U.S.'s most restrictive states with its passage of House Bill 242 earlier this year, and according to CBS News, it drove out more than half of OBGYNs who specialize in high-risk pregnancies. You know, they're so severely restricted in their ability to to provide care that could be misconstrued as abortion care or, you know, would be considered abortion care in some settings. They, they just feel so um, scrutinized and threatened that they don't even want to be there. This means increased maternity deserts in these areas, with fewer OBGYNs to provide care for pregnant mothers. And she's worried that NC could experience the same trend. Though she says it might be too soon to determine the leading reason, she says UNC's School of Public Health saw a drop in residency applicants last year, and that this year could also see a drop. It's potentially a problem because people really do often stay in the states where they train. And so if we have fewer applicants, we have fewer, <laughs> you know, or lower quality applicants, that's going to have long-term effects on our um, our state's health system. Simply, she says North Carolina could end up with a workforce that isn't trained in life-saving maternal care.
And according to Bryant, growing abortion restrictions has forced maternal health experts into having what she calls a mini law degree. The passage of SB 20 had her consulting lawyers daily to figure out how to implement it. No one wants to <laughs> not be compliant with the law because we know that that will jeopardize the care that we're able to provide for patients. Black says students in her program attend rallies, write letters, and tend to be more politically active than students in other specialties. They feel like they have to. Knowing what like options are available to someone, whether it's like, can they terminate a pregnancy or like how much, like what's the timing or like what are the other barriers to prevent somebody from having like life-changing or life-saving treatment is like, that, that has such a big impact. Like, why don't I know about that? Why am I not advocating on behalf of my patient? Because I can't do my job to the best of my ability if I'm not, right? But she says it's a bigger role than students like her asked for. I'm Emma Cook, reporting. You can find a similar print version of that story on chapelboro.com as well, and more stories from the UNC Media Hub program by going to mediahub.unc.edu. More public health news now. COVID numbers continue to rise in our community. Particles in wastewater went up again this week. That's five weeks in a row with an increase in that metric. It's now at its highest level since January 2023. Hospital admissions are also up for COVID and influenza. Hospitalizations for the flu surpassed COVID for the first time all year. Health officials urge folks to keep up on their flu and COVID vaccines. Got some business news now. Work continues on the VinFast electric vehicle plant near Moncure in Chatham County. But today, an interesting milestone. The first place that you can buy a VinFast vehicle in North Carolina officially started selling them today. Kerry-based Leith Automotive became a VinFast dealer when they opened their doors earlier this after, this morning. Excuse me. Also in business news, on Franklin Street Base Camp, the Himalayan restaurant and bar at 105 East Franklin will be closing permanently. The owners of that restaurant also own Momo's Master around the corner on Columbia, and that restaurant will stay open. You can visit chapelboro.com to see an article revisiting the top restaurant news of 2023, including a few notable closures. Time now to check sports, and really the, the big thing to talk about is football, and honesty compels me to report that the Tar Heels didn't look great in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl yesterday. Ended up losing 30-10 to to West Virginia. Several key players sat out. The offense never quite found its rhythm. Team ends the year 8-5. and five. Here's 97.9 The Hills' Michael Coe with a recap. Among the UNC stars absent from the Dukes' Mayo Bowl Wednesday night were quarterback Drake May, linebacker Cedric Gray, receiver Tez Walker, and offensive lineman Corey Gaynor. Other contributors, such as defensive back Elijah Huzzy and tight ends Bryson Nesbitt and John Copenhaver, missed the game due to injuries. Quarterback Connor Harrell, filling in for the NFL-bound May, played well in spurts but still made critical mistakes typical of someone making their first career start. Harrell threw a pair of interceptions in West Virginia territory, including one in the end zone to scuttle promising Tar Heel possessions. He ended the night 18 of 27 for 199 yards and was sacked seven times. Harrell's best moments came in the first half when he used both his legs and his arm to move the Tar Heels down the field. Harrell showcased his speed with 39 rushing yards and helped Carolina finish 5-for-9 on third downs in the first half. 
Harrell also spread the ball around, tossing a 47-yard deep pass to Gavin Blackwell and hitting J.J. Jones for a touchdown late in the second quarter. Here's Harrell on what he can work on going into the spring practice season. You know, I, I think I did make some throws. I, I scrambled sometimes when I needed to. Obviously, I get to see the film, see what, see what all was bad, but I think I got some stuff to carry on. I think I got some, some stuff to build on, so it was good. Carolina's struggles began on the first play from scrimmage, as West Virginia quarterback Garrett Green tossed a 75-yard touchdown pass after a touchback on the opening kickoff. The Mountaineers would never trail for the rest of the night. Still, the Tar Heel defense kept the team in it for much of the night, not allowing another offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter. The performance was buoyed by some familiar faces and some new ones as well. Cayman Rucker, who recently announced he will be returning for a fifth and final season in Chapel Hill, proved to be a menace on the edge, registering five total tackles and a tackle for loss. Meanwhile, younger players like linebacker Amari Campbell, filling in for Gray, and defensive back Caleb Cost made their presence felt. Rucker said the future is bright for those two. I know the result wasn't what we wanted it to be, but I mean, like Amari Campbell and Caleb Cost, they were all over the field. Amari and... Um Caleb, they had two of the biggest hits in the game, and um, Caleb interrupted a, a very crucial pass, and Amari, he was all over the place, sideline to sideline like he is at practice. So these guys, man, I'm, I have full confidence in them going into, this, going into practice. I have full confidence going into this game, and I'm still going to have full confidence for as long as they play here at UNC. So I'm glad I'm, um, I get to play in front of these boys, man. I can't wait to get to work with them in the spring. And Rucker said there's no middle ground between the end of this season and the start of spring practice. Spring prep um, starts the second that I leave this stadium. It's just one of those things where like, I can't, I can't sleep. You know, I gotta make sure I gotta stay on top of my craft each and every day. I gotta make sure that I can be the best player that I can be. Um, just me personally and for this team. So I gotta be not only the best leader but the best football player. The Tar Heels will need Rutgers' leadership during an offseason full of question marks. UNC began six and zero, but finished just two and five in another late season letdown with those two wins coming against FCS foe Campbell and a Duke team on its third-string quarterback. Head coach Mac Brown said evaluations of the coaching staff have already started and will continue as he breaks down film of Wednesday's game. But Brown also said when it comes to accountability for his program's collapses, the buck stops with him. It's something I'm still trying to figure out, or I damn sure would have fixed it. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's it. But, you know, again, you look at everything. It's not like the coaches took off at, at, after 9-1 and one last year and decided they weren't going to coach anymore. Uh, I think you just got to gotta figure out who you are, and I got to figure out what we can do better and, and try to do that, and that's my job. And so ends the 2023 season for the Tar Heels. It was one filled with promise, but one that ultimately fell back into old habits toward the end. Now, the offseason begins. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Michael Coe. Thank you, Michael. You can read that article at chapelboro.com in the sports section. Some more football news now. Former Tar Heel star Julius Peppers is one of 15 finalists for the class of 2024 NFL Hall of Fame. Peppers is likely to make the class. We'll find out for sure on Super Bowl week when inductees are announced.